prior to 2022, I had done some, some reels and done some things on social, um, you know, a lot of static posts and things like that, but never really got a lot of engagement. And I just decided, all right, I'm going to start making reels. I'm going to pump out maybe two to three of these a week. And there was a point and period in time I was doing like one a day. And, um, I think just with that consistency, the algorithm begins to favor you. And my content started getting seen more and more. This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. This podcast is brought to you by Reminder Media, the company that keeps the lights on in our studio, including our Take Action sign behind us. Luke and I have worked together over the last 20 years to help small business owners stay top of mind with a mission to help them generate more repeat and referral business. We help business owners with everything from lead generation, print marketing, social media content, geographic farming, and more. We've had the opportunity to help over 100,000 entrepreneurs over the last 20 years. It's really been amazing. If you'd like to see how we can help you and your business, be sure to check out ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. Take action on that today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're not already subscribed, while you're there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. Our guest today is Marie Lee. Marie is a real estate educator and social media strategist based in Nashville, reaching hundreds of thousands of online users with her engaging content. After starting her career teaching in Nashville public schools and running an e-commerce business, Marie transitioned into real estate with a desire to help others achieve home ownership and has closed almost 10 million in 24 transactions in just her second year of real estate. 70% of her business coming from Instagram. She's on track to surpass these numbers in 2023 and her sole lead generation focus is on creating content. Marie has also recently joined the Coffee and Contracts real estate marketing platform as a content coach. Marie, welcome to Stay Pay. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Joshua. I appreciate the the grand introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Marie, we are super excited to have you on the show. I didn't know you did an e-commerce business before you got into real estate. What was the e-commerce business? Yeah, I was doing a little bit of drop shipping and Amazon FBA. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, I... Quit teaching in 2019, October of 2019. I did not have an exit plan. I just knew I was burnt out and I needed to do something else. So it was before the big teacher hiring boom. And I felt like I was applying to a million jobs and I wasn't hearing back from anyone. So I ended up deciding, all right, well, if I can't find a job, I guess I need to create one. And we had a friend that was in that space. We actually traveled out to Scottsdale, Arizona for about a month to kind of watch him do his thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So that was actually my journey into entrepreneurship was drop shipping and Amazon FBA. So um, I relied heavily on social media for that, um, okay. but I was using a lot of paid ads. And I think that was really what opened my journey to um, social media marketing, really the power of it. So what made you switch to real estate? Like where did the real estate interest come in? Yeah, I think um, I switched because I had no other option. I was drop shipping and I started that journey 
right before COVID hit. So when COVID hit and the supply chain stopped, I pretty much had to halt my business. Yeah, that's um, a problem. So yeah, I didn't have anything else lined up. And at that point in time, my husband was in the refinance world for mortgages. And he was like, hey, you should think about getting into real estate. So um, I had heard him talk about the financial side of real estate for quite a while and knew that it would be a really great wealth generator um, you know, for people who are looking to get into home ownership. So I felt confident, like, okay, yeah, I can, I can figure this out. So while I dwindled down on my e-commerce journey, I was actually nannying for some pharmacists that were still working during the lockdown. And while that child was sleeping, like during nap time I was working on my real estate license. That's great. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, it really just kind of came out of necessity and um, it's ended ended up becoming something that's far greater than I would have imagined it being. I really enjoy it. That's awesome. Talk more about your Instagram then specifically, because I know this is something that you've spent time on. You've over 20,000 followers. You've got some reels out there with almost half a million views and everything. So talk a little bit about how you go about creating content or using Instagram specifically for your business. Yeah, so I used to um, I used to dabble in lead generation in multiple forms and formats. And I think in 2022, I just kind of abandoned those other strategies. I was doing open houses and door knocking and cold calling and just wasn't seeing a lot of traction there. And I'm a really big believer in the one thing, like just go in all in and pursue that one thing. And I knew I enjoyed creating content and um, I just decided, all right, I'm just going to get really consistent at this. So um, prior to 2022, I had done some, some, some reels and done some things on social, um, you know, a lot of static posts and things like that, but never really got a lot of engagement. And I just decided, all right, I'm going to start making reels. I'm going to pump out maybe two to three of these a week. And there was a point and period in time I was doing like one a day. And um, I think just with that consistency, the algorithm begins to favor you. And my content started getting seen more and more. Um, and yeah, I think um, it's it's worked out in my favor. I've created a really great community of people um, and just really enjoy using the Instagram platform. And I used my background with social media marketing for e-commerce to kind of guide me with this journey for real estate. But the difference is for real estate, I'm doing everything organically. I'm not paying for ads. Um, I haven't done paid ads. Um, Sometimes I feel like they can be kind of tricky to to do with real estate just because it's a protected class. So like if I have a listing or something like that, um, you know, I can't get as targeted and detailed as I want with that, but I can on Instagram if I'm using organic marketing. So that's where reels come into play for me. Imagine this, you're driving around town and you see a house that you previously sold with a for sale sign in the yard featuring an agent that isn't you. There's no worse feeling than knowing you missed out on an opportunity for repeat business simply because a former client forgot your name. With Reminder Media's help, you can become unforgettable with your own branded magazine. In fact, 
70% of people who receive a personally branded magazine from their agent have done repeat business with them simply because they sent them the magazine. Never lose another client again because they forgot who you were. Visit ReminderMedia.com slash ForgottenAgent to request your free sample of our branded magazine. That's ReminderMedia.com slash ForgottenAgent. Take action on this today. Have you found that like you have like almost 20,000 followers on Instagram? And have you found that those followers are actually in your community buying and selling houses from you? Or like, I think one of the struggles is like, how do I use Instagram to attract actually buyers and sellers, build a community of my Mm -hmm. actual community? Like, how do you think about that? Yeah, I think I had this idea or I came up with a struggle um, when I really started getting into creating content. I felt like I was putting a lot of stuff out there, but it wasn't really attracting people to work with me. And I decided very early on, I've got to find a way to differentiate myself from all the other agents that I know in our local market, because I have some pretty large agents in our local market that I was competing against, and there's no way I was going to get seen against them with a you know, with the algorithm. So, um, I just decided early on, all right, I'm going to focus and I'm going to niche down and I'm going to focus on relocation clients. So people who are looking to move into the Nashville area. And I think that in itself was something that we hadn't really seen in our market. So having somebody who specifically focused on that ended up becoming a really big driver for business for me. Um, and, I, that's still the majority of the business that I work with. Um, so it's either first time home buyers or out of state relocations that are going to be purchasing a home here in Nashville. Um, I feel like niching down ended up, you know, they say there's riches in the niches. That definitely was the case for me. Um, yeah. How do you like, um, when you're thinking about attracting that audience, like how do you reach them? Like, how do you know? Because you don't know who is coming in. So how are you? What's the funnel or what's the content that's bringing them in? Are you, is it hashtags that you're doing on your posts? Like, what is it that is getting people to see your content and go into that funnel? Sure. So when I am creating content, um, I have learned very specifically to only create content for two people, first time home buyers or out-of-state relocation. So if I'm going to be making a piece of content, whether that's a carousel post or a reel, I'm trying to speak specifically to one of those two people. Hmm. Now, when it comes to discovery and reach, I try to create um, like exposure content or content that can be shared. So that gets me out in front of a larger audience or content that is applicable to all markets. So sometimes the content that I'm creating is specifically about mortgages or financials that usually does really well. And that's usually my highest level of exposure because everybody can relate to that. Um, So that's a content pillar that I'll focus on. But then I'm also focusing on creating local content about the Nashville market. So that might be median sales prices. That might be specific suburbs for people to look at. Or um, I just start talking specifically about 
um, yeah, about Nashville, what that looks like. And within that, um, I am using hashtags. I never gave up on hashtags. I'm so glad I didn't because so many people will tell me, Hey, I found you through this hashtag. And I'm like, okay, hashtags are not dead. Um, so I'll still post like specific locations. So like Nashville real estate agent or Nashville, Tennessee, but also the surrounding suburbs. And that's usually what's bringing me in or exposing me to people that are looking to make this move. Do you do any other, sorry, Josh, go ahead. I was just going to tag on to that. Do you do any other content outside of Instagram that funnels people in like a blog, email content, your website is all about moving to Nashville, like any other stuff that feeds that ecosystem or no? So Instagram is what's attracting clients to me. And then I am putting them into email marketing campaigns. So my email marketing campaign, and I guess this is really going to go into the funnel. So if somebody sees me on Instagram, this is how it works. Somebody sees me on Instagram, wants to get more information. They go to my profile um, or they go to my DMs and send me a message like, Hey, I'm looking to make this move. I'm like, great why don't we set up a time to chat? So I direct them to the link in my bio and there is a work with me button that will take them to a Calendly or take them to a scheduler. So they go and find a time that's convenient for them. They schedule a 15 minute call and I'll just call that like a discovery console. We'll see how can we work together? Can we make this work together? And once we have that conversation, I will then take all their information and input it into my CRM. And I'm not doing any drip campaigns or anything like that. I'm specifically putting them into a monthly newsletter that's talking about the Nashville market. So in that newsletter, I'm talking about local insights, like my perspective on what's happening in the Nashville market. I'm talking about current client wins. What are we seeing clients win with, um, whether they're buying or selling. Um, We talk about some stats. I don't like to get too heavy into stats. I feel like sometimes agents can be a little bit um, overboard with information that's not relevant with that kind of data. Um, And then what's going on in the Nashville area. So I'll send that once a month and I just send that to anybody who's signed up for my email or anybody who has scheduled an email. And I think that's the best way for me to stay top of mind. Um, I have a pretty high open rate. um, And I think it's just because this is relevant content. This is what people have signed up for. So in general, my con my email open rates around 65%. I think the industry standards around 20. Um, So people are reading this um, because I'm sending it so infrequently, but I'm also trying to pack it with as much value as possible. So I do think that has nurtured people for sure. Um, I'm staying top of mind, but not in an annoying way. Um, in the emails, I think, um, you know, that's kind of where Instagram comes What are your I'm, subject lines of your emails? I'm just curious, what's the subject? That's incredible uh, open rate. Yeah. So um, one that does really well is like, Nashville real estate predictions for, you know, specific time frame. That's great. Or um yeah, um 
like is housing becoming more affordable and i'll start talking about mortgage changes like we just recently had a lot of changes with llpas like pricing for mortgages and things like that and i'm talking about hey this is how this could impact you in a in a good way um i try to frame everything very positively Uh, i definitely optimist there um but yeah they're usually very short and sweet um and i i try to think as i'm crafting a line subject line what's going to get people to open up the email so that subject line i think is really important but also the preview text um i try to give them a reason to open up the email like hey here's what we're talking about want to learn more make sure you open up this email that's awesome i love the mentality there such a marketing mentality from the funnel perspective getting people to a direct call to action to to schedule an appointment through calendly how many of those because i think you said you're generating one to three leads organically Mm -hmm. through instagram that way each week how many show up to the appointment like do you have a good show rate for oh yeah meetings of this (laughs) yeah um i would say almost everybody shows up for the appointment so it's just a phone call i think that low barrier to entry makes it so easy um i would say if i am having one to three conversations a week um that conversion rate is pretty high maybe there's Mm -hmm. one person that um i might not hear back from but for the most part they stay in my ecosystem and they're engaging with me on socials and i try to engage with them back um and they're opening up my emails so if i am going through and looking at my analytics for my email marketing campaigns i'm looking to see who's reading these emails how many times are they reading what things are they clicking in the emails and if i notice that they have pulled up this email multiple times or if they've pulled up this email and i haven't heard from them in a while i will send follow-up texts and things like that occasionally or follow-up emails then i'll make it a point to reach out to them ask them hey um just you were on my mind thinking of you do you have anything that i could help with or are there any questions here just offer myself as a resource for them you have any automation set up for your messages, like your DMs or your comments or anything? <laughs> I don't. And I think that's probably an area where I could strengthen my my system. So um, at this point in time, I run a really lean business model, Calendly. Um, I was using the free version of Calendly. I'm using a free version of MailChimp um, and I have no automation systems in that's place. Incredible. So it's just me. <laughs> and I'm like... I've got to invest in my business, but I feel like um, right now it's working and you know, if it's not, I actually love it. So many people, so many people think they need these big giant systems, but uh, actually doing it like that is fantastic. So where do you go for your content ideas? Obviously you're an educator, you're a creative person to begin with. A lot of people struggle with how do I create content and maybe more specifically, how do you actually hook people in Mm -hmm. uh, with your videos to actually get them to watch all the way through or watch multiple times or engage with them? Yeah. So I think it comes down to the piece of content. So Instagram, I actually started out doing lots of trends, you know, pointing and I don't want to say I was dancing to like trending audience, but you know, <laughs> lip syncing and things like that. But I feel like there's been a really big shift in that type of content consumption. So I have begun to shift my content there. Um, so I'm doing right now a lot of like B-roll 
reels where I'm mm-hmm. recording myself doing something and I'm just providing value on top of that, or I'm showing maybe the behind the scenes of what things look like. And that just lets people know a little bit more about the process. But when it comes down to creating content ideas, I have to ask myself at the absolute basic level, what do people need to know or what do they want to know or what has the biggest impact to them? So I'm thinking on a very elementary level, like I, I'm not talking about appraisals or something that's very specific in real estate, because if somebody is just getting started, if they're at the top of the funnel, they probably don't even know what that is. So in my mind, that's not relevant to them. What is typically relevant to them might be, how do I financially prepare to buy a home? Um, what steps can I take to do that? Um, and yeah, what is the what does the process look like? I'm trying to answer those basic 101 questions, and then if I'm if I'm creating content, I'm trying to present it in a way that hey, here's a problem, and then here's a solution. Um, so that problem will probably be my hook, and that's what's driving people to watch. Um, the solution will definitely come either in the caption or in the body of the content that I'm creating but I'm trying to create it in such bite-sized pieces that people have to keep watching. They have to keep swiping. They have to keep reading in order to get it all at one time. Um, I think the biggest thing you could do for content creation is like make it smaller, make it simpler. People can't, edit it enough to be as concise as possible i feel like <laughs> i tend to agree with you yeah the yeah. more the more direct to the point the better um so yeah. who do you look up to and follow on like uh, content creation instagram stuff like that that inspires or gives you good tips who, who are you looking up to who are you uh following yeah I follow a lot of people outside of the real estate world. I feel like that has been a really big help for me because it just makes me think, hey, how could I creatively adapt this to real estate? So uh, probably a big person of mine um, was Vanessa Lau. Um, She had a lot of really great content about Instagram and just recently took a sabbatical, but I would consume her content routinely. When I first started, I was using um, Brock Johnson as some inspo yeah um, yeah we had brock on the show he's awesome he, yeah yeah he just gives such great tangible tips and i was like oh, this is awesome i don't even have to think he pretty much lays it out yeah, for you exactly and for free yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um now there's like some in- fitness influencers um and i can't even remember their names if i saw their profiles i'd be like oh yeah this is somebody i follow That's- but um I'll follow things like fitness influencers or, um, yeah, I guess like financial gurus or travel influencers. I just consume a lot of content outside of real estate and think, okay, this is doing really well for them. How could I try to recreate that for, for Yeah, that's really good. I follow fitness and travel influencers. Well, I, I feel like they do a phenomenal job of showcasing how you can visually get people engaged and Mm -hmm. also like these hooks that they use. I feel like they, especially in the fitness world, the people I follow, like the, the Christian Guzman's, the Steve cooks, those type (laughs) of people, they use such clickbait hooks, but they, but it's not clickbait to the point where you don't come back. You keep coming back because it's kind of funny and and Mm -hmm. how they do it. So that's awesome. So then I'd love to ask you like a book that you would recommend uh, for people to, to read or a book that's made a big impact on your life. I think the biggest 
impacting book that I have read was probably the four hour work week. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. I think um, maybe that's not the most applicable to what we're talking about. Maybe it is. But I think that book in particular really made me think about employment and creating a life that you want to live, kind of like ditching the, you know, ditching the nine to five and creating your own path. That book in itself led me to starting e-commerce hmm. and Amazon FBA. I was like, all right, let me try and do this on my own. Um, but I think that book has so many great principles of, hey, focus on doing this deep work um, and then focus on outsourcing things and making things as efficient as possible. So when it comes to my content creation, I have probably set aside four hours a week where I'm focusing on content creation and I'm in this deep work mode. That's usually on Sundays, like Sundays around noon, I'm just like in the zone and I'm probably batching some content or recording some talking head content. And then later on in the week, maybe around Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm focusing on creating some B-roll content. Um, so in a way that really scaled down my lead generation. And that's the only thing I'm focusing on at this point in time. So um, yeah, it made business a lot more efficient for me. I feel like I've gained a lot more time back by uh, using that kind of principle. Yeah, that's great. I hear that often um, from people who are great at content like yourself. They batch it. Like, so mm -hmm. I think that's a really good takeaway for everybody who's listening to this, that if you want to do content, as much as you would love to be able to just wake up today and go shoot a reel or wake up tomorrow, and if you have the inspiration, more power to you, go do it. But it's like setting aside dedicated time on your calendar where you get into the deep work of four hours of just thinking, what are my posts this week? And spending the time to do that. And I think it comes down to that if it doesn't go on your calendar and you're not committed to it, it won't happen. Like it just doesn't, especially for someone like me, it just doesn't naturally flow mm -hmm. from me. The content doesn't naturally flow. I have to actually think about it. I don't naturally just snapping selfies of myself, right? You have to actually think about that. Um, and so I think that's a great golden nugget uh, for people. And then what piece of advice um, would you give to new agents just getting started? You're a couple years in and crushing it. What advice would you give them right now to help take them to the next level as we're in 2023? I think the biggest piece of advice I would say is just be consistent. There were several points within my journey, just starting up where I could have easily walked away and, um, you know, made a pivot. I'm thinking when I started my content creation journey, a lot of the people that were around me didn't really believe in that type of model. They believed in me using these old traditional methods. And I just felt so passionate, like, no, I can make this work that I just focused on doing that. And it has paid out dividends. There was a period of time where in 2021, I was still creating content, but I had shifted my content creation. Like I found myself creating content for other real estate agents um, that was getting a lot of engagement, but it wasn't driving my business. So I made a pivot and still consistently was creating content, but that content was then created for my ideal clients, which were first time home buyers and, you know, relocation purchases. But I had noticed a, a plateau in my business. And if I realized, hey, this 
maybe isn't working, um, I just consistently decided, no, I'm going to keep showing up, but what I'm doing is not working. I need to make a pivot and I need to adapt. Um, and those scenes have just paid out so well. Um, so if you've got people that are unfollowing you or you feel like you're struggling to grow an audience, just consistently keep showing up because if you're putting in the work and putting in hours, it will eventually pay off. I think that was my experience. I was creating content for almost a year before I really started to see my engagement and my followership grow. Um, but I didn't let that slow me down. I, just, I still kept putting in the reps and putting in the hours and here we are. That's so good. Now, I think it's so important to hit on those two main points he said, which is niching down on exactly who you want to work with. That'll drive your content. And then ultimately getting rid of everything else and just doing the things that are actually moving the needle in your business. Marie, thanks so much for being here. Uh, before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. I am on Instagram. Follow me at Move Me to Tennessee. And then in the link in my bio, I have every other form of contact in there, whether you're looking to get with me on email, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. But Instagram is the, the number one way to get in touch. Awesome. Love it. Thank you all for listening. You can dive deeper into this episode and get the links that Marie mentioned over at statepaidpodcast.com as well as the video for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to show your support is to simply share this episode with a friend or share it on social media. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram as well. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke A. Cree Murray. Thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome. So many golden nuggets. Here's my action item for everybody listening to this, right? Because you want to actually go do something instead of just listening, go put into action. What is the one thing? If you if you think about the whole interview we just did, if you think about the superpower that was honed in on is, is focusing on the one thing. And going down, whether it's that niching down on who your audience is, focusing on the one type of content that you're doing, really, what is that one thing that you want to focus on and actual, actually narrow down to it? And here's how you know you focus on the one thing, because there's a little bit of pain laying down the shiny object, a little bit of pain thinking to yourself, man, I'm missing out on this whole other audience. If I just only go after first-time home buyers, I'm going to miss out on the second-time home buyer. I'm going to miss out on the... If you feel that sense of pain, then you know you're onto something because you're niching down and you're holding yourself accountable. And most good things come from getting yourself a little bit uncomfortable. So remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 